Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's episode, we talk about EMS technology. What is EMS technology? Well, it is electromagnetic stimulation technology. How is it used in fitness? Well, Jason Sani of Ohm Fitness Studios is going to discuss that with us. You can find them at OHM Fitness Studios on Instagram. They give you a workout experience featuring this EMS technology inside of a suit. Yes, you will put a suit on to take this class. Jason's going to go into the science. He's going to go into what it is like to take a class, what it is like to teach a class. It was a great conversation. I love doing these reveals, talking to people who work at fitness studios who have new technology and what is going on, sort of a zoom out approach, look at everything that's going on in the industry. I also love talking to veteran fitness professionals and health professionals like Jason. And we sort of talk back and forth about our stories and growing and advancing in our careers and some great little tidbits and info for people who are new to the industry. With no further further ado, here's Jason and I talking about EMS technology and Ohm Fitness Studios. Jason, thank you so much for joining the Truly Fit Podcast. Why don't you give my listeners and the audience a little background on you and what you do in the fitness industry? Awesome. Yeah, Steve, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been in the, the fitness and training world since 2005, uh, studied you know, marketing and nutrition, and then furthered my education, you know, certified strength and conditioning specialist, you know, a certification, integrative nutrition, precision, you know, just trying to obtain as much knowledge and background so I could understand how to help myself and, you know, and also help the clients that I was working with and just add extra value. Uh, so being in industry that long, I've, you know, jumped in out of, of training and into the corporate world back and forth. I've had my own training business. I've done the online training world. Um, you know, ultimately I've had the opportunity to work with, you know, thousands of people on a one-on-one basis. And that's really how I've, you know, built my experience of really how to, how to help people, I think, you know, um, and, you know, as of recently, I've, um, you know, I published a book on, on nutrition. I just said something that so many people were asking me to do and created a good visual guide, kind of a recipe guide and strip away intimidation from cooking. And, and that's actually what kept me in touch, you know, with my current partner who, um, I'm working on a, a really neat project right now. So my current role is director of wellness and director of training with Ohm Fitness Studios. And so we specialize in EMS training, you know, so for those of you who are not familiar, it's electrical muscle stimulation. And I, you know, got back in touch with Douglas Payne um, as I was one of the first 10 original trainers with Orange Theory Fitness. Oh, wow. So yeah, believe it or not, uh, I was at the first franchise location and and Doug, uh, the CEO of the company I work with now, was the first franchisor and franchisee that took that model you know, that was started out in Florida and turned it into, you know, the boutique fitness that's blown up to, you know, 600 plus locations at this, at this point. So our relationship, we stayed in touch. I had helped his family with nutrition and it was one of these things where, you know, a, a couple years ago, I, some new concepts came on his radar and he wanted my opinion. Initially, I was a little skeptical and, uh, you know, as I as I looked more into this concept of what EMS training is, you know, it it was enticing enough to to jump all in as I saw a really unique opportunity to reach more people and and here I am today. Well, before we go into Ohm and more on EMS, I'm going to go back to your story a little bit because I wrote a book called Fitness Business 101: What the Certifications Don't Teach You, 
And yeah. part, of, part of that book describes a lot of your experience where people in the fitness industry, they get their first certification. They think they have an idea of like what they'll do for their entire career as a fitness professional, but you have no idea because you're going to be jumping from job to job. You're going to find out what your particular skill sets are in the industry, what your niche is, and more importantly, what people need. You just made a point to say everyone was asking you to write these uh, nutrition books. And I, I assume it was because that was like what your clients came to you for. And they're like, oh my gosh, you have better information than anyone else concerning these topics. You don't know how needed this is. And that's what I try to like pass on to young fitness professionals is that just take it easy, take your time. You're going to learn in the industry. You're going to take tips from other people and you're going to find your niche and your path eventually. But there are, you can do something in the fitness industry. There are a zillion different jobs. Gosh, I love that you said that. I'm, I'm super passionate about this. It gets me fired up because... It's it's the truth. We need to get out there and have that apprenticeship. And I'm so thankful for the opportunities that got me out of my comfort zone and you know that started with teaching classes and, and taking on clients. I can still remember my first training client that was out of a gym studio and I, I took it to home training and then it turned into more lifestyle training. And like you said, I got really passionate about this missing link that I thought that was out there. It's like you can get people to to train and, and do all the physical, you know, check marks that they need to do. But there was a big thing missing from consistency, consistency and adherence and getting those results was the nutrition side of things. And that was something I learned with one of the first training programs, I think through Precision Nutrition, about what, what are people's biggest limiting factor or missing link. And so I got really excited thinking like, well, I have something. I grew up with a family, you know, Italian family that loves food. And so a big passion of, of me figuring out my own issues was, was learning to enjoy the nutrition element of it. And I found that, wow, when I combined those two with training, it was so much more likely to increase the odds of, of clients getting better results. And I didn't see it coming. I thought, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to own a big gym and train a bunch of people. And it ended up turning into something where I would go take people through these immersive, um, you know, experiences and, and just go through all their different habits and introduce them to new things and, and, and teach them the consistency factors and how to enjoy the process. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is being introspective and having people around you tell you what you're good at and, and you realizing what you're good at because we all have an idea of what we want to do. It's like, oh, I, I want to train athletes or I want to do this or that, but <clears throat> you're best suited to do what you're already really good at, right? Whatever that is, right? You already had this sort of like passion for t teaching people it looks like ha like healthier habits in both eating and lifestyle and things of this nature. So like we we have these skill sets that are already sort of cultivated and we have to take advantage of whatever those skill sets are. For me, I was always better working one-on-one -on -one than I was mm -hmm. in group fitness. I just connected better on a one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. basis. So I based my training mostly around working one-on-one. -on -one. I didn't do a lot of group fitness, but for other people, I call them intra trainers. So they're like an entertainer. They can sit in front of the class. They can, yeah. they're, they're not that maybe uh, what I would call like an anatomical sleuth. So they can't look at the body and say like, mm, you have knee valgus and you have, you know, bad posture. We're going to work on this cervical column issue. They're more like, Hey, I'm going to put on a show. Follow me. Okay. That's great. Right. You, you can do it in the, you can, you can be anyone you want to be in the fitness industry. You just have to find the right job that sort of like matches your skill set. Sure. I like that. I think that's, I think that's spot on. I mean, um, 
we have intentions of these different roles that we want to play and do and you know the world gives us feedback and it's up to us what we you know what we actually do with that feedback and and it's the truth and I'm glad you touched on the whole entertaining concept you know although I I take pride as getting to be a witness and experience something like Orange Theory early on I it didn't take me long more than a few months to realize that there that was missing a lot it was a flawed model it you know you can give it credit for helping create this boutique model concept but I realized that just heard you know hurting in 30 people at a time and getting to feel like they're doing a hard workout and associating it with the scientific flawed background on on this this post energy consumption issue that there was something missing there and it was something that I would I found myself well, the clients that I'm working with I wouldn't want them doing this four or five times a week and so um you you realize those things as you go on and especially when you have that integrity of working with people and you know we learn a lot by all those experiences so why don't you elaborate on that for a second because i think i know what you're talking about but the audience might not are, yeah. you, are you saying it's flawed because it's too high intensity there's too much <clears throat> wear and tear on uh, joints and ligaments in the body in general and they, they need to focus more on let's say injury prevention and overall health and wellness or am i putting words in your mouth no ab absolutely i think i think you're accurate there in the sense, what I see with those models is you have this feel effect where you you get everybody feeling and sweating like they're working out very hard, perceived, you know. Um, but it's there's so much more individual attention that is needed. You have people that come in that certainly have these these movement pattern issues or instabilities. They're just going to create more, uh, you know, more more issues going on and. It's it's this this feel factor, and I, I like to think that a lot of people that subscribe to this is this idea around cortisol junkies, where for a lot of people, it's the best they're going to feel. They come in, and they punish themselves. They sweat. They get this big energy rush, and then you know it's fleeting. They go away, and they know that it's there, and so, I mean, to break it down, like the science behind it is, you know, there's this medium zone that people are hanging out. You know, there's there's some good stuff that happens if people know what they're doing in there and they can train right. But the rest component is so incredibly important. And I feel like you're in this just like gray zone a lot of the time that you're in there. And it's just the body I don't think is designed for the average person. Like it's the most the human body is the greatest adaptation machine, but it's not designed for the average person to push at that high level without more thoughtful and intentional rest. I know there's a lot there you know, that we can talk about, you know, movement selection and the intensity that people bring. Uh, but I think, you know, you get the little, you get the idea there and we can expand on that more certainly. Yeah, no, and that was great. That was great information. And that's what I <clears throat> kind of want you to talk about a little bit. So you hit on some of the micro things for me from just like a, a macro perspective, if there's a, a quote unquote, like utopian fix for all it, it run away from it. Cause it's not, it's not the case, right? So if someone's like, all you have to do is orange theory and you're going to be in shape and everything's going to be fine. That's not the case. Like a lot of these things are supplemental and a lot of exercise is supplemental. You don't want to just run. You don't want to just do orange theory. You don't want to just do bar mm -hmm. class, right? Like, because you're, you, you have this tendency to repeat these movement patterns and repeat these types of exercises and these type, these types of intensity. It's always good to be involved in multiple things, right? Sprinkling an orange theory on Monday and Friday, maybe on yep. Wednesday you do jujitsu, maybe on Saturdays you go on a run and, and maybe on Sundays you do yoga, right? These are the, these are the better avenues for our body. Yep. Yeah. And I don't want to come off like I'm knocking on what Orange Theory has. They've sure. expanded and evolved a ton and they've obviously done some great things. And at the same time, it's just like spin classes. Like it's not my favorite thing. I've, I've gotten into cycling in the past and things like that. I won't knock on anything. If somebody enjoys 
what they're doing and they like to move, obviously I think there's a tremendous amount of health benefits, but I think that you're right. We want to, we want to be more harmonious in what we're choosing to balance out. And I'm a big believer that we need to rest and recover just as hard as we're training. I know there's, you know, that requires a lot of context, but, um, I like what you're saying, you know, just, just balancing those things out. And I think there's a time and place for those types of workouts. Working out with peers can help people push their limits, you know, and reach their capability a little bit better for sure. And I think, you know, for the general population listening, Jason and I are being very nitpicky because we are like so like involved in the community, right? This is stuff we see every day, this stuff we're going through. All exercise is good, right? Jason is okay with you doing any sort of exercise class. So am I. It's all good. We are just saying optimal, right? If you were to yep. actually talk about the optimal performance for someone and how you can better yourself once you're into the exercise world, we, we want to give you little tidbits on, on how to optimize. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about EMS and ohms. Uh, go over a class, right? So, so walk me through. I walk into the studio and what is the, the first step? Talk about the suit. Just walk me through an entire sort of first class of this. Yeah, so the concept at, at Ohm Fitness is designed around using you know EMS, the modality, in a suit. So we like to think that you're coming in and you're putting on the gym. So the suit that you are putting on, it's your size specifically, we have six different sizes uh, in the suit. When you put it on, fits like a three-quarter wetsuit. So you can imagine like what a surfer would wear, or maybe a diver would wear, and it's got 30 electrodes placed all over the suit. So based on your size, you get a suit. Uh, you have the expectations that the class is going to be only 25 minutes, which is surprising to a lot of people. And once you put the suit on, you are handed a battery pack. It's a small battery pack that fits on the suit. Uh, you're given a description of the class prior to going through a class. You're going to get an introduction, uh, you know, to, to make sure that you don't have any significant limitations and that, you know, you, you have the ability to do these types of movements and, you know, understanding where your fitness level is. Uh, and then from there, uh, you have, uh, you know, an expert experienced trainer that's going to guide you through these movements, starting with this model. We call it the arc. It's like climbing a mountain. So we spend five minutes, you know, to warm the body up from the inside out. That's going to allow the suit to, and the electrodes to be able to activate, you know, and I know electrodes sounds a little, a little funny, like it's going to be uncomfortable, uh, but it's just like a muscle contraction. That's what these electrodes are sending this signal. They're sending these impulses. And so once you have the suit on, you warm up and you're just going over mobility patterns. So we're trying to wake up those sleepy muscles and, and the warm ups are, are all different. They're designed to get the body to just send better movement patterns, have a more, you know, a better body awareness. And we believe that if those, you know, muscles like, your core muscles and your glutes and your traps and different shoulder muscles are more active. You're more likely to just recruit the proper muscles and send better movement patterns. And then from there, we move into what we call the climb. It's a uh, seven and a half period where we start to, you know, elevate your heart rate a little bit more. And whether it's a one of our strength classes or one of our more muscle endurance types of classes or recovery class, that's going to look a little bit different. Uh, but you're in a small group setting. Sometimes it's one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes we have up to 12 people and it's a customized experience. So the suit then is turned up based on where you want to focus. For instance, you could target, you know, just your glutes and your quads, or you could target, you know, your core muscles and 
chest or your arms or all of the above. So there's electrodes all up your back muscles. So you're getting your traps, your lats, everything. There's all these pads. And it's a, it's a unique experience. So uh, some people are coming in because they have limitations and you know, maybe it's just a, traditional workouts don't appeal to them. But that's, that's a breakdown of the workouts for 25 minutes. We, we take you to a small period in the middle, what we call our peak. And that's where we're asking people to bring it. That's the closest thing that would mimic like an anaerobic output. Uh, but it, you, you're rarely feeling like your heart is beating out of your chest. You're just feeling this the sensation and the stimulation from having your muscles, um, you know, impacted, you know, at a more frequent and deeper level. Uh, and w- one way to think about it, just quickly, you know, somebody who's experienced at training has a strong, you know, muscle mind muscle awareness. Whereas I said, yeah, if you flex your bicep, you could look down and and you could create a, you know flexion and extension in your arm and, and flex your bicep. Well, not everybody has the ability to do that with their abdominal muscles or sure. their glutes or their hamstrings. Yeah. As a trainer, that was a frustration is, you know, is getting people to learn how to utilize those, those proper muscles. The suit is going right in there and doing that, and you're, allowed, you're able to slow things down and, and, and help people feel and control those muscles a lot, um, a lot more efficiently, I'd like to say. Yeah, well, that's great. And engagement is so important. And that's why <clears throat> the reason people have heard me talk before on this podcast, I don't use the OPT model, which is NASM's model. They have stabilization at the bottom. For me, I don't want my clients to focus on stabilization. I want them to first activate and engage and know where mm-hmm. the muscles is. Even if they're sitting down on a machine and they're pressing out, I want them to say, do you feel like your pecs are tightening up? Do you feel your tricep? Until you can engage the muscle and know its muscles are working, it's almost pointless to do some of the exercises, right? You have to be able yeah. to engage. And like you said, anyone can engage their bicep. But can you, can you engage your pecs? Can you engage your lats? Can you engage your glutes? This is, this is much more difficult to start to build those neural pathways and connections. Now, before we go into more of the class, I want to go to the feeling of the suit because I'm sure that's the first question people ask. It's like, is it shocking me? Is it, con- is it constant? Is it a grip? Is it a second long? Is it a half a second long? Does it feel like a TENS unit? How do you describe it? Yeah, so you mentioned TENS unit, which it's more likely that somebody's going to be familiar with, uh, you know, with a TENS unit compared to what EMS is. And TENS, uh, you know, on a basic level, EMS and TENS are similar, whereas a TENS unit is going to be targeting more of the nerves, and it's specifically going to be a lighter movement to help promote circulation or healing from you know a damaged muscle or try to target more inflammation whereas the ems is sending a stronger signal so it's based on different wavelengths and the amount of hertz that we're sending to the impulses and those impulses are going to create muscle contraction so how it feels is i mean imagine if you just tensed up your body i mean that's one way to think about if if you just like that, like a reaction type of feeling, you know, like my little baby girl when she was you know, a few weeks old would kind of clench and have this like reaction type of period. And it's, it's, it's like that. It's like, um, more of, I don't even like to use the word like electric or we're really sure, picky sure. about using all those types of words, but it's, it's like, an just, in, it's like an internal thing. So you feel your muscle inside twitching, but you don't feel pressure from the outside. You don't even, yep. you don't know that there's something causing this it's not like it's not like this the thing is moving and clamping on you because it's a signal it's only happening on the inside yep and then to add how long you feel it we typically will have a ratio of you know four to four so four second 
impulse with full four second rest, or we have some of our strength workouts where we're, it's a 10 second hmm. squeeze versus, and you'll have a five second recovery. Now we can, we can, uh, change the, the level of, of how much power we're sending in there based on, you know, where your experience is, but that impulse Although it feels like an engagement, like you're just flexing for three or four seconds, you're actually getting, you know, 80 to 100 of these mini impulses that are going through. And so instead of just 10 reps that you would do in 15 seconds or 20 seconds, now you're getting, you know, 80 or 100 or 200 reps in that same period of time. And it's happening simultaneously throughout the whole body. So there's pros and cons to that. You know, for somebody that wants to specifically target that, but we'd like to think there's a lot more pros when we are using it correctly. Well, let's go to the class and obviously us being in the fitness industry and people listening in from the fitness industry. I want to talk to you about teaching these classes. Is it choreographed? Do you have to follow up like a script of exercises? Do you have a little bit of like wiggle room into what you can do in the class, assuming that you do teach these? Yeah. So good question. We started out just you know one on one, and our goal was to scale it and reach more people. This is something that's been around for I mean really since the the '60s, and it's come a long way in evolution. Up until recently, you know, five or six years ago, all of these suits had cords on them, so it was really hard to to reach multiple people. And so our classes are designed to have videos that are playing demonstrations in addition to a coach that is going. And coming, you know, if we have classes that have more than 10 people, we'll have two trainers in there helping. But the trainer is walking around, taking inventory, making sure people are moving correctly and that they feel good. And then we have the the demonstrations and we have hundreds of classes coming in, you know, based on strength and they, they move in different phases, phases where we are targeting, you know, different um, isometric phases. We have more... Um, you know, eccentric types of phases. We have more unilateral focus types of phases that go through the training. But you're watching the program so that if you ever get lost, you have a guide to follow. The average exercises are anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute at a time. And they're not the typical circuit training and things that you'd see. There's not a lot of jumping. It's lower impact. So we like to call it low intensity training that is more focused um on you know, like I said, these these specific movements uh, th- that we're doing. And more, you know, we might do a squat. So you'll see a demonstration of a squat, and then we can take it at whatever pace we want to go. It might be do- going slower. We might have a hold at the bottom or some sort of, you know, isometric type of, um, you know, uh, goal at this at this point. Uh, but yeah, you have a trainer that's walking through and catching any sort of. Um, you know, potential issues or poor movement patterns and trying to be corrective as possible in that as well. Sure. Yeah. But from a scalability uh, standpoint, that makes sense to have the exercises up on a screen, to have whatever thousands of exercises recorded, be able to kind of interchange them and build programs because ultimately, as you know, and you know, let's Jason's down somewhere in, in Florida and orange theory and the second orange theory ever made. And then he decides to leave and everyone was going to the class because Jason was there and now that class isn't going to do as well. So, right, the, the bigger businesses have to think, how do I scale? How do I not be so employee dependent? Because if they're only going for the employee and that employee leaves, then that could hurt my business model. Yeah, that that's certainly true from a business aspect. We want to be able to scale it and grow it. At the same time, like myself having a lot of integrity in the training world, I 
wanted to respect the process that we still we don't want it to be all automated and i've seen sure. some studios that rely on that but we want the trainer to be there and i'm having conversations with all of our trainers on a daily basis to make sure we're delivering the best experience when people come in here that our goal is that they're going to move and feel better than before they came in and so that you might see a demonstration of a move but our trainers there to help modify make sure that you you feel and understand that move properly so the trainer in there is holding a device that is able to customize your specific movements like you might be at 25 percent or 30 percent you know karen who's first time might be a little bit lower uh eric who's been coming for you know two months might be at a higher level. So the trainer's doing a combination of delivering that dosage. Uh, we have a, a, a system that we do to you know, deliver that minimum effective dose, and then we scale it up. Uh, and so people have a couple ways of getting more out of it. They can move with more thought and intention. They can add in some plyometric options where we have options to choose a more advanced movement, or they can ask for that in a combination of turning up the intensity for some of our slower movements. That's great that you have both. And yeah, obviously, from a business standpoint, you need the scalability. But in order for your business to grow, you need that personalized touch. You need to know that people mm. care about you when you go in. And obviously, you having integrity in the industry and have been there, done that, and all, the, and, and seen everything from an orange theory to individual personal training know that when people come in, they want to connect with their coach. Part, of, ex, part of exercising is knowing that the, you can trust the people who are guiding you. You have expert guidance leading the way because if you trust your coach, you're not only more likely to go back to the class, but you're more likely to be successful in getting to your goal. Yep. And then I will add, absolutely. And then I will add that we also have our, our flow style classes. So we have our stretch and flow classes, which you know are similar along more, more of the mobility focus. I know that's a word that gets thrown out so much, but you know we have yoga style classes that we're doing and those are taught you know hands-on you know so we have different props that we use it's a more of our relaxation mode that kind of creates the effect that your body's getting a massage it's just focusing on circulation flow throughout the body and those classes are taught by you know certified yoga instructors or people with a pilates background we have some that are focused specifically on you know pelvic floor issues so those ones are more of the one-on-one -on -one, you know teaching basis you might not know the answer to this but i have to ask yeah you have this, I guess you would call it a wireless EMS suit, and you run these classes. Is there a patent on this? Are you the only people in the industry? Are there people who are copying you? Can there be people who copy you? What, what is sort of your analysis of what you have created or what has been created? Yeah, so, so we certainly aren't the, the pioneers specifically in the EMS game. We like to think that we've progressed and moved forward the ability to scale this up, reach more people. Mm -hmm. We have patents, pandy, pat, patents pending speci <laughs> on specific modalities of what we're doing with our home program and our training. You know, there are other people that are using suits like this. We have our own suit that we've created, and you know, we're we're working on different elements there. But there are other studios that are using this. It's been growing a lot more. Uh, we just took our expertise from from growing these different models and and creating something that that works and has we we sampled it out. I mean, we've been run this. We we were working this out on people for you know more than a year before we were fine tuning the programming of it and ready to scale it up. So I hope I answered your, your questions there. But um, we do not have a specific patent on the suit. There's other people that have suits like this. We do have some on different like specifics. 
uh, that, that we're working on with the home program and for, you know, for specific conditions. I guess that's the most that I can say. For instance, like motion sensors that are going to allow a lot more gamification for this. And that's where we get really excited about that, the growth and outlook of this. You know, some people, like you and I, I'm always going to like to pick up weights and then go go you push my body, get outside, move around, you know, without a suit. At the same time, I see, you know, I understand that there's a large population of people that don't get as excited about training and maybe don't have that same type of ability. So I see a really unique opportunity to reach more people that are limited. And then you have the gamification people who are sitting around a lot more that could get into this if they're working out as an avatar or, you know, now they can, um, you know, participate in more of a, a game type of setting and get those results um, that they weren't as likely to to do at a typical gym you know, scenario. And I, and I don't think we hit on it exactly, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw this to you here as a softball because I know this is part of what you guys do and you want to sort of talk about this, I'm sure, is that the because of the suit, you don't need to train as long. Right. That's that's a that's another thing that's going to help the general population. Ultimately, instead of doing an hour or 90 minutes of exercise, um, hypothetically, due to the you know, looking at the science, you can train for 25 or 30 minutes in the suit. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's something I probably missed hitting on the very beginning. It's one of the most exciting things about this is that, you know, our average person is working out two to three times per week. And so, you know, three 25 minute sessions is what we recommend, what we've seen a lot of the results. And again, that can be a little bit subjective based on the input and output. Uh, but I can say, you know, I was extremely skeptical. What made me more of a believer in this idea and technology was I used a form of EMS. You know, in college, I tore my pec um, trying to put on some extra size. And I saw a surgeon who, you know, a couple different people recommended surgery. I had one who said, hey, this is something you're going to be dealing with the recovery of this. It's, it's like a rotator cuff injury if you can find some alternative methods. And I was referred to these black magic guys that were working with a lot of pro athletes out in Phoenix, Arizona. And they took me through this program that was about six months. And it, they, they, the whole idea was they were just going to redesign my body and, and heal this injury, which I didn't think tendons and joints could be you know healed. But using this device called an ARP, Advanced Recovery Program, and it was it's using you know, EMS type of technology. And this was 12, gosh, no, this is like four, this is like 13 years ago, a long time ago. It was enough to where I was a believer and I was open to it, that this technology was, was special. But even when I saw people using these suits, I still, you know, I thought it was just people taking shortcuts. When I tried to work out for the first time, I was a believer. I brought my wife with me and she was sore for you know, four to five days. And I was sore too, but I, like, as you know, I've, I've been in this training game a long time and just cause I'm sore doesn't mean that I'm getting results. And so I had to dive really deep to understand like the specifics and what are the correlations to me being sore? And is this just a shotgun approach or am I able to work on specific things and diving through the numerous studies got me really excited about where this is going. And I know I went on a little rant there, but we can, no, and, we can cover uh, any of that. We had Dr. Uh, Judson Brandeis on the podcast, who's a like a, a urologist, and he works with like the 49ers and a bunch of athletes, and like I think like Bruce Springsteen, and he has like he has like the who's who of celebrities that he works with, and he said that M Sculpt, which I also believe uses EMS uh, technology, is really big in you know out, out there in, in California with a lot of the celebrities, and that it's you know the the science has proven that this has worked. It's just how do you package it? 
How do you make it fun? How do you make it worthwhile? And then it, what you guys are doing is how do you make sure that there are professionals that are guiding you in the process of doing it? Because that's ultimately the most important part is that you're not just you're not just sending someone on suit and saying, have fun. Yep. <laughs> saying, well, yeah. we, we're going to guide you along this fitness journey. This isn't a this is a tool that's going to help you. But ultimately, you still need the fitness and the guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. I think there's constantly, there's always going to be people searching for that, that magic pill or the get skinny quick pill and all that. And there's, there's aspects about this. They're going to grab people's attention because it's like, well, shoot, couldn't I just sit down and put the suit on? It would do a workout. That's the joke that, you know, when I'm explaining it to people all the time yeah. and it's like, yeah, you probably would. I mean, I know you certainly would get some results, but we took it quite a few steps further by taking a lot of pride in the type of intentional training that we're doing. So, you know, combining it with, like I said, really intentional functional movements, another word that gets overplayed there, but like designing it to take inventories of people's bodies. So as you come in, we take people through, you know, a digital scan of their body. We use a Staiku machine as one of the tools that we use. And then we take people through different inventory, like reaching lists. And we're able to use that in identifying a plan to, to focus on increasing, you know, range of motion for people and strengthening weak, you know, instability, you know, muscles where people have instabilities. And so I think people are going to get tremendous results just from working with the specialists and the people that we have on. And you combine that with the suit and the moves end up being, you know, kind of extra credit. Um, you know, however, whether it's the chicken becomes for the, you know, comes for the egg. We like to say that, you know, all those are extra credit. Like you're going to get results no matter what, but you know, I'm always going to be a big fan of, of movement and teaching people how to, to do that movement uh, themselves. And so it's just, it's really exciting all the things you can do from it. And we're still just scratching the surface at, at where this is going. Like for instance, people that have, you know, we've seen people that have had, you know, diastasis recti or, um, or issues you know, different issues where they can't feel their abdominal muscles. They come in and wear the suit and they're like, wow, I've felt these muscles engaged that I have not in 10 years or 12 years. Or you have people that just can't be as weight bearing or move around as much weight, able to just feel this invigoration from, um, you know, from activating all their muscles. So there's a lot of excitement and, and new development constantly. Yeah. And I would push against anyone who says, yeah, you can just use the suit or you can just use something like M sculpt or the technology to get in shape because Ultimately, there's a difference between vanity and health, right? So, yeah, of course, you can wake these muscles up and they can become firmer and look nicer. That's all great. And will you be burning calories doing it? Yeah, you will. But, you know, we're meant to move in different planes of motion, right? I'm, my, my spine and, and my, my shoulders and hips are built in ball and socket, right? I need to move them in all the full ranges of motion. And, and, and there's no unit that's doing that for you, right? We're, so it's it, you have to combine it with what you guys do. And I saw a lot of your workouts. You do things like floor Pilates based movements and yoga based movements and traditional exercise. So it's, it seems like you are actually moving in all planes of motion and really doing traditional sort of overall health and wellness combined with the suit. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. There, there's been a, it's, it's constantly growing and evolving and, um, you know, the, the goal is yeah, teaching people to increase their, their range of motion, use their bodies better. Um, with the movements, one thing that people don't see from afar is just the cues. That's another thing that's really important is that the trainers uh, that we have are trained to, to teach people to use the proper cues. Because if I tell you to squat, you know, you can bend your knees and crease your hips and, and sit down. But 
when we have a trainer that's, you know, talking about keeping your chest upright and sitting back over your heels and, you know, closing your hips at the top and working on your mobility when you squat down. If you can't go, you know, all the way down, is there some, some ankle stability issues that we need to address? And so from that, we look at opportunities of how we can make that improvement. And, and I think that we may, I don't want to say we'll pivot, but I think there's going to be other areas that we really use this as a tool to address all these issues. And I get excited about it because I see mobility is more than a trend. Like people are realizing that they want to be able to move and use this, this adventure suit that we have, you know, for as long as they can. And if we don't address these different instabilities and with how much people are sitting, you know, people are going to continue to be limited uh, for longer. So I think tools like this will make it fun for people and it will be a tool that people can use to just get more out of their training. Yeah, I can see it used in almost uh, also one-on-one settings and more of a corrective exercise, if you will, <clears throat> where you have clients that come in. I'm 63 years old. I've worked my whole life. I've been sitting down in a chair, sitting down in airplanes, flying all over the place. And basically their glutes just don't fire and they have low back issues and they associate it with whatever, just old age and disc degeneration. But really the issue is that the, your butt muscles underneath have not been firing for 35 years and now your back is taking the brunt of all the force when you walk and you do things how do we wake those muscles up for me and you i could sit here and engage my glutes all day long actually i'm doing it right now yeah. you can't see it on camera <laughs> thankfully but for the average person they can't do that right they can't just use their mind to fire their glute so you give them a little help and you you put on you put on the suit and you show them how it's done you walk through the squat and and you work with them in a corrective exercise fashion so i could see it working in that in that realm as well absolutely i think that's that's spot on and um it's something we take a lot of pride in and uh yeah like i said i th- i think that we um take so much pride in when people come in that they're going to be able to feel better and move better for the long term that's our goal uh for people and so far people have responded to it uh you know really well um gosh what it was i was going to touch on with um well i was going to ask you first yeah about some of your nutrition stuff. Cause I am interested in that. Yeah. So <clears throat> what exactly, uh, I know you told us what drove you into it, but wh- what exactly do you do on a regular basis? Are you working one-on-one with clients now? Or are you just kind of like, you know, your, your book is there for anyone to go after? What are you doing day to day in the nutrition realm? Yeah. In the nutrition realm, it's come a long way. I, in the last five years, I transitioned a lot more to consulting. I work, I like to think, you know, as the people I worked with were an apprenticeship, I still have a huge passion for it. I don't work with people one-on-one as much anymore, especially now that I've taken on this role. Uh, yeah. But I had a huge passion that that helped people, you know, everything with, with from food intolerances to stripping away the intimidation that it came with eating more nourishing foods. Uh, you know, so I did a lot of one-on-one. I did a lot of, I don't like to throw the blanket statement out of like food and nutrition challenges because I use them more as like experiences to educate people and immerse themselves in, you know, in, in ways to, to learn how to be more resourceful using fun terms as, as you know, flavor insurance and creating awareness, you know, uh, you know, getting people to track as a tool to, you know, to, to have a better understanding of what, what they do, you know, so where that turned into more of consulting was when I would work with gyms and I'd bring in a nutrition model to follow, uh, working with some different nutrition companies for, um, formulating, you know, products that, that, um, that are on Amazon and direct to consumer and and selling at different, you know, stores and and that model. So I'm just very passionate about, uh, 
the culinary nutrition aspect is what got me the most excited. I grew up a really picky kid, and so it really resonated with me. when people say they don't like specific foods. I I've, I learned to be really creative in learning how to eat to help fuel performance and, and overall health. You know, and gut health has been a big topic. I've worked with a lot of people with autoimmune conditions, and so helping people you know, hold people's hand through that process. What's really challenging about nutrition is it's becoming more individualized ever now with data. And, and it's something that there are so many people you see on social media, like, oh, try this diet, do the do this elimination, this, you know, paleo, keto, a carnivore, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's so many methods that might work short term as a band-aid because it's eliminating the symptom that people were feeling. But, I, you know, it's something that is very challenging to really teach people how to get more interested and take inventory of their body of what they're doing. So uh, I still will always uh, write and love and talk about food and nutrition. I'm in, I'm working on revising my book now. I, I published it back in, I think, the end of 2017. And, um, you know, maybe there will be a follow-up to it. But it's, it's, it's something if you're in the nutrition world, you realize I realized early on, the more that I knew, the more I didn't know. And yeah. to give people these blank, and so many people are like, what do you eat? You know, what's, what's the diet? What, you know, what are the best foods to eat? And there's so much context based on, you know, people's stress and overall health level of how they're going to respond to different foods. Sure. And, their yeah. age, their body, their hormones, what oh, they're doing goodness. day to day. Don't like, you know, you're a client and you're, and I'm not saying anything bad, but you know, you're a 47 year old woman who's deconditioned and you're asking me what I eat. Well, I work out three times a day and I'm on my feet all day long. Right. Yeah. And I'm so like, you shouldn't eat the same things that I eat. Like, I don't want to give you recommendations based upon me. I I'm eating, I'm eating different foods than you should probably eat. And, and also like you said, I don't know all the like the intricacies and the nuances that are going on with your body. Maybe you do have some sort of intolerances going on. I can't make those those recommendations exactly. So yeah, you're right. It is, is it is tough. And I wanted to just also touch on the book. It was funny you said that with the you know, you're you're touching up the book. Anyone who's ever written a book knows that oh you never feel like your book is done, <laughs> right? You always feel yeah. like oh, I could have did this. I could have wrote this. I could have did this. So I've always thought like. Do I come out with a fitness business 102 or 201 or do yeah. I just make edits to my first one? Because you just, you always learn, like we always do, we learn more on the path and we think like, oh, I should have put this in or like I learned this afterwards. Yeah, this, that's so true. You know, I mean, in the world that we're in and in people's short attention spans, it's like you have to sensationalize all these different ideas and, and it's like you do have to adapt and evolve to keep people's attention. But it's like my message truly is getting people to be more interested and invest more you know, in their health so that they enjoy this whole process and learn, you know, really learn to enjoy it. And it's not everybody wants that. Some people want things fed to them, you know, in, in a spoon. And, and I can relate more than ever with what you're saying with the book. Like you, you know, it was a never ending project of, oh, I need to add this or update this. And uh, I am very proud that, that it would improve people's lives, that there's some amazing aha moments in my book as far as just um, descriptions and demonstrations that will at least um, impact people's points of view and their framework when it comes to nutrition as well. But that's cool about your book. I'm, I'm excited to check it out. I'll pick it up. Yeah, as I will yours. Uh, and you know, there's nothing, I'm sure you would agree with this. Consistency beats everything. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter what, you know, what I tell people like, Oh, you're in shape. What do you eat? What do you do? It's like, well, you know, I, I've, this is what I've been focusing on for the last 
you know, 20 years of my life I've, I've dedicated the time to this. So you, you, you can't just do what I do now. And also all of those decisions I've made leading up to this point allow me to do what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So to, to unpack that, it's like, yeah, I can go drink six ciders and have a burger and do what I want on a Saturday because, you know, my, the, the way my body functions and my metabolism and the good decisions and my sleep and my water intake, all of these things are different than yours. And they, and they have sort of compounded over time almost. I like to, I always compare fitness to finances where it's Same. like, so it's like my 401k or something has been like, you know, if I've, if I've been putting money into this for 20 years, like you can't compare what I'm doing with my money and you, what you're doing with your money. Cause I've had this like compounding effect of like what it is now is based upon all the decisions I've made. You're just starting your journey. Yeah. I, I love that. It, yeah. It allows you to be more risk adverse and all, all that is, as well, I think about the same thing. And a lot of what I found myself transitioning to is like the behavioral side of nutrition. And the same thing with fitness. Like you're spot on. It really comes down to consistency. And people can beat themselves up and are so hard on this. A lot of times people have these all or nothing mentalities. and They're going from one challenge and diet to another. Whereas, like you said, I have the confidence knowing that I can go enjoy myself. I can go on vacation and, and let myself enjoy the moment and that gives you peace of mind and that's what i wish so much for people is that they weren't battling going from this this all or nothing mentality that they could you know because I, I went through those same stages where just being super extreme and judging everybody around me and i realized that that you know that's that, that wasn't that's not the way to go you're not going to make a lot of friends going through your or going through your friends and families cupboards and throwing stuff away and judging them and so uh that, that's it it's it's the time and the interest and it's I just wish people would get more excited about this instrument that we have and you know that it, it's the it's the one body that we get and we need to maintain it the best that we can so we can you know enjoy the adventures as you know as much as possible. Yeah, well said and I think a lot of fitness professionals try to change clients quickly. <clears throat> they try to pretend they have all the answers instead of just saying, "Hey, we got to make some small changes one at a time here," right? If you're somebody who's eating like crap and not exercising and maybe you drink too much and you're overweight and you're deconditioned, all these things. It's can't, you can't be like, we're going to go to Orange Theory seven days a week. You're going to cut out all alcohol. You're going to drop your calories to 1,300 a day. They're going to mm. fail, right? That's just not, it's not possible. No one can do that. It's not, it's not sustainable. We have to make small, sustainable changes in order to make sure that our clients can actually build that momentum and be consistent like we are. Man, I'm glad you said that. It's it's true. I think that it's not sexy to hear. It's not the information that people want to hear. And I've had to, I've had the opportunity to, to help fix a lot of people that have gone from one person to another, going from short term results. And the stress epidemic is such a real thing. I think you know, we talk about it a lot. There's so many people that just have this overstressed system. They're they're constantly in this this uh, sympathetic fight or flight or freeze type of mentality. Constantly, I mentioned it with a lot of people that are addicted to exercising with these cortisol junkies. And I was one of those, you know, I was, it was something that I could always rely on. And a lot of people I think in the health and fitness industry are in it because, you know, they, they helped fix themselves and found that, that light and resolution and they want to share it with other people. But that's the truth. And it's, if people realize that you have to start out slower and the answer, um, even though it's, it confuses people is not just move more and eat less. You know, we have to be more methodical and, and, and think about our energy balance and, you know, and build things up. Um, I think people are catching on. I mean, maybe I'm just optimistic, but I like to think that with this information age that we're in, that, 
the good information rises to the top as much as it, it definitely gets, it can get lost in, in, in the crowd with this, this TikTok generation for sure. But <laughs> Well, I hope you're right. I'm not as optimistic as you. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, uh, this, is why, this is why we do podcasts. Uh, this yeah. is why you and I talk because we, we hope that people uh, do get the good information. And even if we can sway one person away from thinking that they can just uh, eat you know, uh, the, the testicles of bulls all day long and, and put on 26 pounds of muscle and have 2% body fat, that they know that this is impossible. There are no shortcuts. It's just about in, in enjoying the journey and making small, small strides. And yeah, respecting the process. I think it's something that, that more people, um, I th- when you put in that much work or you make those long-term investments with anything, I think you value it uh, so much more. And I think that, that that's a message that needs to be put out there more um yeah it's, it's a crowded area where people are getting paid to endorse all kinds of things and um it's you know compromise their integrity uh so it's we're out here doing our work and i, I certainly appreciate everything you're doing i've you know i've listened to you know a handful of of, of your interviews i think you're putting out good stuff there if we can just get it get it in front of more people well i appreciate that jason why don't you tell my audience where they can find more about Ohm, where they can find more about you personally and anywhere else you want to direct us towards. Yeah, so Ohm Fitness is uh, everything Ohm Fitness Studios. Uh, we're franchising. If you're in the Arizona area, you can check out our first, first studios um, on, on social media at Ohm Fitness Studios. And that's Ohm, like the electricity, O-H-M Fitness Studios. And um, my name's Jason Sani. Uh, my book's called Making Healthy Taste Good. And I'm happy to be a resource for anybody. If anybody has any questions or any way that I can uh, be a resource, don't hesitate. My guest today has been Jason Sani. Jason, thanks for joining the Truly Fit Podcast. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform. And feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.